He's worked it out. This is what we're feeding our dream team is, it's crunchy bars. The question is, do they sell crunchy bars in India and Myanmar? We'll have to get some over to you guys. We'll have to do a package deal over there for crunchies. <laughs> hey church, it's so good to see you out this morning and a special welcome if you are visiting with us. It's so great to have you here. We're so glad that you've come to spend your Sunday morning here with us and we just hope that you feel at home here and I've got a message uh, that's really on my heart for you today. We're going to start this morning by going straight to our scripture for today. And it's in your notes there if you've got some notes as you came through the doors. So you can all read along with me. It's in Matthew 3 verse 16. And it says, When Jesus was baptised, He immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was open to him and he saw the Spirit of God moving down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Now the verse that follows immediately after this one is in Matthew chapter four, verse one. And it says, then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so that he might, so that the devil might tempt him. Today I want to speak to you about when you are in the wilderness. Come on, before I start, why don't you pray with me? Father, I thank you that your presence is already in this place and Lord, you're already doing a work in our hearts. And God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive. I thank you that it is as relevant for me today as it was the day it was written. God, and I pray that as we read it, as we open it up, as we look to Your Word uh, for some life principles today, I pray, God, that You would help us to see in our lives where it might need to shift something or move something or change something. God, we just wanna grow. We just wanna become more like You. Lord, we just wanna hear more of Your heart for our lives. And I pray Your blessing over us as we sit today and look to Your Word. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Well, we have just concluded our national conference, haven't we? And the theme of our conference, it was titled Open Heaven. And I have to tell you that the presence of God was here. Worship was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, just standing and it was absolutely amazing. And then the messages, the messages spoke directly to us. They challenged us. They were life changing messages. For some of you, you, you might have seen a miracle. For some of you, you might have experienced some breakthrough in your own life. You might have seen some answers to prayer and, and we were surrounded. Everywhere we looked, there were other people who were like-minded, who were just as passionate, just as excited about the things of God as you were. I mean, it was really like the heavens opened over 159 Botany Road for the, for the hours of, of those few days that we gathered together. And then, and then you woke up on Friday morning by your child at 5am because they put a crayon up your nose. And, and then you stepped on a piece of Lego as you got up to go to the bathroom only to find that someone had missed the toilet in the middle of the night. And then you go into the kitchen to make yourself breakfast to see that the kitchen is absolutely overflowing with dishes because let's be honest, you did no dishes throughout this week because, well, you were at conference. Then you needed to get ready for work, so you went to find some clean clothes, but there were no clean clothes because no washing had been done because, well, you were at conference. And then you got to work late after dropping your kids off at the holiday program. Only one of them was having a tantrum because you wouldn't let them leave the house wearing only their undies and a gumboot. You got into work late, 
made it to the staff room, desperate for your morning coffee, only to find that Jane from sales took the last coffee pod. And it was in that moment, it was in that moment that you realised you aren't at conference anymore. Right? You know, this first moment where we begin to be introduced to this idea of the wilderness, this place called the wilderness is in Scripture. And it happens to come right after the Israelites have experienced a miracle. God takes his, the Israelite people, His people, from a, from a place, from Egypt, where they are enslaved, and He leads them, He rescues them out of Egypt. And the way that He gets them out, the way that He rescues them is by parting a sea. He parts the Red Sea. Like, imagine standing there and seeing the waters recede and the waters part. And all of a sudden, there's a pathway of dry land just big enough for a few thousand Israelites to walk on through. And it's not just one or two Israelites. I mean, this is a whole nation of people walking through on dry land to get to the other side. And then once they've all got, every last one of them, once they've all got to the dry land, they turn around to watch as the waters close back down over their Egyptian oppressors. I mean, what a sight. What a moment, miracle after miracle, that God has rescued them. But in the very next passage, you'll see that right after this miracle, they turn around. And where does God lead them to? He leads them straight from the water into a place called the wilderness, where they are wandering around, confused and isolated. What is up with that? I mean, what is up with that? Why is it that the Israelites have just experienced the most powerful and probably one of the most famous miracles in all of Scripture, only to the next minute find themselves confused and wandering in a wilderness. Why is it that Jesus is baptised, a dove descends from heaven, a voice audibly speaks over him that he is the Son of God and that he is pleased with him, only to find that in the very next moment, he is in the wilderness, not hearing a voice from heaven, but hearing a voice from hell. What is up with that? Why is it that you and I can be in a conference or in church on a Sunday experiencing the power, the peace and the presence of God only to find that Monday we're questioning whether it was all imagined because all of a sudden the reality of the struggles of our own circumstances all of a sudden come crashing down around us. See church, what I have come to realise about the wilderness seasons is that your wilderness moment often comes right on the heels of a mountaintop moment. How many of you remember your baptism? Oh, what a beautiful day that was. The power of God, just something so strong going on, just such a wonderful time. But how many of you know the very next day, it was like all hell broke loose in your life because struggle follows success. The battle often comes on the heels of the blessing. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? See, the wilderness at first glance is often viewed as a place of danger. 
It's often viewed as a place of isolation or, 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 or temptation. When we speak about the wilderness, people automatically think it's that confused place where we're wandering aimlessly. It seems the wilderness would seem like it's a place without God and without purpose. But I want to challenge you today to rethink the wilderness. Could it be that your wilderness season is less about isolation and more about intimacy with God? Could it be that your wilderness season is not so much about danger, but about dependency on God? Could it be that your wilderness season is not so much about the temptation, it's about the revelation that comes in the wilderness season? Could it be that the wilderness season that you feel like is robbing you, could it be that God's intention is actually that it is His gift to you? So we have to ask the question, why? Why is it that God didn't take the Israelites straight from the water into the promised land? Why is it that they had to go through this place called the wilderness in order to get to the promise? Why didn't God just go from water to promised land? What was it about the wilderness that God knew the Israelites needed to gain something there? And we are going to look at three things today that I think God does in us in the wilderness that you and I need today. And the first thing is, you can write this down in your notes. We learn dependency in the wilderness. We learn dependency in the wilderness. In Deuteronomy 8, speaks about the Israelites' wilderness experience. And in verse three, it says this, it says, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, so that you might learn that man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You know, I have to make a small confession to you folks this morning. You know, on a Saturday morning, or maybe our day off is a Monday, sometimes on a Monday, Steve and I will just put some time into getting the house back in order after a chaotic week. And we'll divide out the jobs. And let's say Steve has been given the task of making the bed and getting the washing folded, right? Pretty simple. Now, I have a confession to make. I have to admit that as he's doing his jobs, I've got to confess, I just, I can't help myself. I just have to follow around afterwards. And I follow afterwards and I just, I just kind of make some little tweaks and make some little adjustments to what, now don't get me wrong, he's done a, he does a pretty good job. Like, like I've trained him pretty well. <laughs> he gets it right most of the time, but I just, it's like I can't help myself. I just, even if it's only an inch, I shift the pillow. Just an inch. It's like, it's like I, I can't quite trust that he's got it under control. It's like I can't quite leave him to it because I'm just not sure if he's going to do it how I think it should be done, right? How many of us know we can so often do that in our lives, right? We so often do it with God in our lives. It's like we, can't, we just can't help ourselves. 
We just like we just can't quite trust that God's got it under control, right? I can see some nodding of some heads in the room today. It's like we can't quite we can't quite leave it to him because maybe he just won't do it how I think it should be done. How many of you know that so often in our lives we try and work things out? We try and figure out how it should be. We try and get the plan sorted. We try and get work out how it should be done. It's what the Israelites did. Oh, they grumbled and they moaned and they complained every time they thought that God wasn't doing it how they thought it should be done. Oh, but in the wilderness, in the wilderness, they had no choice but to trust in God and have dependency on Him. In the wilderness, oh, they had no choice but to trust God for their food. They had no choice but to trust God for their water. They had no choice but to trust God for where they were going for their guidance. They had no choice but to trust God for even their clothing. In Deuteronomy 1, verse 33, we read, it says, And you saw in the wilderness how the Lord God carried you as a son as a man carries his son all along the way you traveled until you reached this place. But in spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God who went before you on the journey to seek out a place for you to camp. He went in the fire by day and the cloud by night to guide you, sorry, the fire by night and the cloud by day to guide you on the road you were to travel. Deuteronomy 2 verse 7, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this immense wilderness. The Lord your God has been with you these past 40 years. Listen to this, and you have lacked nothing. In the wilderness, you have lacked nothing. Deuteronomy 8 verse 4 even says, your clothing did not wear out and your feet did not swell. He's into the details. He's looking after every part of you. What is he saying in these passages? He's saying, I've got your back. When are you going to trust me? When are you gonna trust me with what you'll eat? When are you gonna trust me with where you'll sleep? When are you gonna trust me with where you're going? When are you gonna trust me with what you'll wear? Maybe God is saying to you in your life today, I've got your back. When are you going to trust me? When are you going to trust me with your finances? When are you gonna trust me with your marriage? When are you gonna trust me with your kids who've walked away from God? When are you going to trust me with that job? When are you gonna trust me to promote you at the right timing? When are you gonna trust me with that circumstance, that relationship that's just so broken. When are you going to trust me? Because church, we have to understand that you don't have to know how as long as you know who. You don't have to know how as long as you know who. And it's in the wilderness that we learn that dependency on him. Number two. Number two, he refines our identity in the wilderness. He refines our identity in the wilderness. When Steve and I moved out of Auckland for four years and we lived in another city, I learned something throughout that journey. You know, we moved away from family, away from friends, away from what we would have called home, but I learned something. 
I learned that it didn't matter where we lived, as long as we had each other, as long as I was with Steve and the boys, I would be okay. I could live anywhere. You know, I could live, it didn't matter whether it was Whangarei, Auckland, Paris, Fiji, Hawaii, any, you know, I could live anywhere. I don't know why it is all of those places, the only ones coming to my mind. But I learned that I could live anywhere as long as I had them with me. Why is that? It's because it doesn't matter where you are as long as you know whose you are. It doesn't matter where you are as long as you know whose you are. And our identity is what's refined in the wilderness. You see, the Israelites were physically free. They were no longer in Egypt. They were physically free. They were no longer slaves, and yet they still thought like a slave. They still thought like a slave instead of like a child of the Most High God. The Israelites needed the wilderness because they didn't know who or whose they were. And they couldn't go from the, from the water straight to the promised land because they needed that season of identity refinement. Take a look at Jesus in His water to wilderness moment. Same thing, Matthew 3, verse 17, the voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. It's about identity. Because often it's in the water season that our identity is defined. It's in the miracle. It's at the conference. It's in the breakthrough where you feel like the call and the purpose of God is like, yes, Yes, you walk away from conference, you're like, yes, I know who I am. Yes, I'm confident in my God. And then we walk straight into the wilderness, don't we? It's in the wilderness where we really have to learn to walk in it. It's in the wilderness where our identity is not defined, it's refined. And it's in the wilderness that we have to learn to exercise it. It's in the wilderness that we have to learn what it means to be a child of God. In the wilderness... In Jesus' wilderness, the devil immediately challenged the very thing God had just defined over him. He challenged his identity. The first thing he says to him is, is did God really say you're the son of God? If you're really the son of God, he said, if you're, he's challenging the identity God just defined over him because wilderness is an opportunity for us to refine the identity God has placed over our lives. When the God led the Israelites out of Egypt through the Red Sea, it was in that very fact he was saying, these are my kids and I'm claiming them back. These are my kids and they're no longer slaves. They're children of God. But it was in the wilderness that they had to really learn who it was He'd created them to be. Had to learn what it meant to be set apart as His kids, as a nation for Him. So for many of you, it's not about, you know you're a child of God. Like you know it. You know, I know I'm a child of God. You know, the Bible says. But it's in the challenges it's in the confusion, it's in the disillusionment, it's in the discouragement where you have to really walk that out. And it, sometimes it's the wilderness season that helps us really refine who God's called us to be. Number three, number three, the third thing that I need to let you know today about the wilderness, and that is that we develop humility in the wilderness. We develop humility in the wilderness. In Deuteronomy 8 verse 2, it says, Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 days, 40 years in the wilderness. 
so that he might humble you and test you to know what is in your heart. The worship team can come and join me now. I had to get an eye test recently. I've only had these glasses for a few months and I was um, beginning to squint and frown at everything, all the screens I needed to look at. And Steve would come into the room and he'd be like, what are you frowning at? Um, So I thought I'd better go off to the optometrist and have an eye test. And look, to be honest, I'd never had a proper eye test at the optometrist before. I had the driving test, which now that I've had the real test, I'm like, I feel like they should up the driving test because, you know, uh, I passed that one. Uh, And so it was the first time I'd ever had a proper eye test at the optometrist. I didn't like it. It was not a fun experience. In fact, it was probably one of the weirdest appointments I've ever had to be in in my whole entire life. It really escalated when they started to blow little shots of air into my eyeball. I was like, no amount of warning prepares you for that moment. And they were, what they do is they blow these shots and try and take a photo of your eye. And uh, he was having trouble getting a, a clear shot of my left eye. And he said to me, if you could just hold your eye still. I was like, if you could just stop blowing air into my eye, maybe I'd be able to hold it still. Anyway, turns out I needed glasses. Not all the time, just to see you guys. But one of the times I really need it is when I'm driving at night. And uh, she said to me, do you wanna see what it would look like with your new prescription? I said, yeah. So she turns the thingy on the wall on, you know, the, light, the, the screen thingy. She puts my new prescription down and then she turns off the lights. And I was like, wow. I said, is that really what it's supposed to look like? She said, yeah. I said, is that what everyone else sees? She said, yeah. And I walk out with my new glasses on and I'm like, wow, is this what it's supposed to be like? And I realised it's amazing what you don't know until you know it. And then you really know what you didn't know. But until you know, you just don't know. I just had no idea of the things in my world that I couldn't see clearly until someone gave me the tools to see it. I read a quote the other day that said, it's impossible to learn something you think you already know. And there will be some seasons where God wants to teach you something that requires positioning you in an environment where you become aware of your vulnerability and your weaknesses. The wilderness helps us to have insight into our own humanity because God wants to work on our character, but it is impossible for Him to work on our character if we are both complacent and and comfortable. He is trying to shift us The wilderness season is what God uses to shift us to a place of awareness and acceptance. The wilderness season. You know, I always thought that the wilderness season must be a bad thing, must be from the devil, right? 
what you kind of think until I read in Deuteronomy. I read in chapter eight where it says that God not only led them in there, but He was with them all the way. And I began to wonder if perhaps the very thing I felt like was robbing me was actually what God was doing in my life to bring a gift to me. And I wonder for you in your wilderness, could it be that God actually wants you to learn some dependency? Maybe for you, He wants to refine your identity. Or perhaps He wants to take you on a journey of developing humility. Some of you need to be reminded today that He is a way maker. And if He can make a way through the water, He'll make a way through the wilderness. He is not just the God of the water. He's the God of the wilderness. Come on, let me pray for you today. Father, I thank You. I thank You that You are a way maker. I thank You that You are God both in the water and in the wilderness. I thank You that the miracles don't stop at the water's edge, but they carry on into every season. And I pray right now over every person seated in this room who are perhaps walking through a wilderness season, a season where right now they feel alone, they feel isolated, they feel they feel like there's danger or they feel like they're without God. They feel confusion. They feel disillusionment. God, right now I pray over them and I pray a revelation would come into their heart today where they would no longer see it as a season that will rob them, but they begin to see everything in it that is your gift to them. God, that You would be drawing out of us the very identity, the very character and humility and dependency that You know we need to be able to step into the promises that You have for us. God, I pray Your blessing over every person here, not just through the water, but through the wilderness. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. What a good word, eh, church? The gift of the wilderness, amazing. Church, I'd love to, um, to pray one more prayer today. And can I invite everyone in this room just to take a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes, just out of respect for the people sitting around you and near you. I just want to take a moment to speak to you, to speak to you personally. And I don't know um, what your story is. I don't know what your journey is. I don't know what brought you to church today. I don't know where you are at in this whole thing called faith and God and church. But I do know that there's some people here today that the reality is you came to church with the express intent of getting your life right with God today. It didn't matter what was being preached. It didn't matter what was going on. You were like, man, I just got to get to church today. I just got to get right with God. And I don't know your story, but maybe you're here today and you don't even know Jesus. Like you've never made a decision before to follow Him, to place your life into His hands, to trust Him. Or maybe you've walked with God before, but you'd be honest right now and say, Steve, I am actually far from God. And, and you might even be in church and have been in church for the last 10 years every week, but you're like, man, I'm, I'm actually inside, I'm far from God. Maybe you've walked with Him before, but you fell away and you're back in church today and today's your day to get your life right with Him. What I would like to do, I'd like to extend an invitation to you to pray a prayer with me. See, the truth is, friends, no matter who you are, what you've done, God loves you. He loves you more than you'll ever know. We all mess up. We all sin. We all fall short of the standard God sets for us. 
and our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His amazing grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I were due for our sin. And then He conquered death and the grave and He rose again to brand new life. And He extends to every one of us today His free gift of grace, forgiveness for all of your wrongs, all your sin, all your guilt, all your shame, forgiven. In fact, He says He removes it from you as far as the east is from the west. That's how far He takes it away from you. And He gives you a brand new life that begins right here, right now. The Bible calls that being born again by the Spirit of God. God will actually get on the inside of you and make you a brand new person from the inside out. You get to walk into the plans that God's got for your life. You're not a mistake or an accident, and there is purpose to your life. God wants to lead you into the plans that He's got for you. And then you get this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. This life is not the end of the story. There's a place for you in eternity. And if you're here today and you're not right with God, if your life is not right with Him and you want to get right with Him, Or if you're far from Jesus, you've never made a decision to follow Him and you want to do that today, I would love to lead you in a very simple prayer. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray this prayer out loud, but you don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. This is your prayer, not mine. I'm just leading you in it. Are you ready? Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know that I've sinned and I've messed up. But I do believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, right here, today, I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongs. And I ask you to come in, be the Lord of my life. Bring me new life. Make me new from the inside out. I choose from this moment and this day to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed. If you prayed that prayer today, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, and I know there's many in this room. If you pray that prayer, I wanna say, I'm so proud of you. I think this is the most wonderful and amazing decision you could ever make in your life. God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. And I wanna invite you to take one little step of faith. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, If you prayed that prayer, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God today, I want you to be really brave right where you are. And when I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high. No, I'm not doing that because I'm gonna stand you up or embarrass you or call you out. What I will do is I will see your hand, I'll acknowledge it, and you can put it straight back down. I want you to take a little step of faith today. Are you ready? If you prayed that prayer on the count of three, one, two, three. Hands up nice and high right now. Awesome. God bless you, man. God bless you. I see you. Awesome. Right down the back to my right. I see you guys there. That's amazing. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Nice and high. I got you right there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in. Count me in. That's me. That's me. Awesome. I got you, man. See you to my right. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Amazing. Anyone else saying, Steve, yeah, I prayed that prayer. I meant it. I'm getting right with God today. This is my day. This is my day. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here today. And God, we give you all honor and glory for those people who just said yes to you. We thank you for lives transformed. We thank you for the power of the gospel. We thank you that it is just as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. We honor you for them and we bless them now in Jesus' name. Come on, church, put your hands together. Let's congratulate.